0: 2. Thimble Winter Alone but not alone in a simple chair, the teacup lies shattered at his feet, all four limbs paralysed. Torsten raged at his confinement. He was furious that just as he was on the brink of taking Thimble Winter, he should now be violated and entangled with a hellacious drone in sinister mind games. Torsten battled sleep. He fought anything that would plunge him deeper into helplessness. But these cell bars were crafted of his very own bones and the taunting jailer was a part of him that was now poking at his insides with its beak. Torsten was trapped. The teacher bird had control and would allow no movement from the chair. Torsten strained, but nothing, no arm or leg or finger, worked. Only when his bladder became unbearably full did this thing inside him allow Torsten to move. And then he shuffled, with shoulders hunched as if guided by heavy hands, to a stone vestibule where he relieved himself so very shakily that he had to sit down. His humiliation was complete. When Torsten finished, he was propelled, as if by a burly and now impatient Great Hall steward, back to the plain wooden chair. And all the while, the nameless yet pleasing world beyond did indeed fall to darkness, The only illumination was a third, far weaker sun that rose and cast its scant glow across the now eerie interior spaces of the Great Hall. I must not sleep, Torsten thought. I must not let this molecular engine inside me gain a foothold on my mind as well as my body. But Torsten was exhausted, and eventually he fell to the velvet dark of dreams, which, to begin with, were perfectly agreeable and very much like the mind-ocean of his hopes and plans. Torsten floated and was free, refreshed and at ease in this perfect rest. Then a sigil flashed up. The runes of this twenty-figure codex started the simulation reel that the teacher bird had prepared for him. Well, you've been a busy little swine, Torsten thought, as the sudden noise, dust and East African light of a great Oromo city hit him. Yes, this all came out of me. I hope you enjoyed the rummage. Bird. Torsten was in a tower in downtown Addis. To be specific, he was standing in a tavern called the Sea Wife. It was 40 floors up and open on all sides to the busy skies and traffic. He'd worked here a couple of years ago when his employment agency had had him transferred from a trading rig in the warm Hindu Ocean off Candy. Gampola. After that confinement of toxic misery, Thornton had immediately taken to the life of the Oromo Megatropolis. Everything here moved on heavily regulated gravitational fields. There were open-sided skyscrapers and buzzing lanes controlling the traffic of personal flyers. It was a popular gig, and the Sea Wife was part of a chain that, for atmosphere, liked a few Norsk working behind the bar and sound system. Here, Torsten had passed his days and nights serving drinks, working the enormous grill and too frequently fixing the jerry-rigged selectors' booth where the floor was scattered with broken song discs because his employers were skinflints when it came to anything except their owners' bonuses. It felt good to again be here and collecting glasses as the mid-afternoon sun blazed through the plants and blinds. The place wasn't super busy. No music yet. But look around. Here were a few locals showing a large grilled seafood platter. Behind them was some of the colour army in their arrogant, hard-drinking circle and Sit down, will you? The man had a table, out of the way, at the back. Torsten would not have noticed this stranger, had he not spoken, and the more Torsten noticed about this man, the less he liked. Of indeterminate age, and dressed in a nondescript grey wool suit and mesh cloth shirt, he looked a mean, rough, and only humanity-adjacent specimen. Possibly a faction fighter on R&R, from an inglorious and underfunded war. "'Mercenary, almost certainly. "'Someone paid to terrorise provincial patchcroppers "'who wanted a fair shake from the Cape-based oligarchs "'of Salem and Arthurtown. "'Scum!' "'The man held up a tanned palm "'with a crude tattoo of a blackbird on it. "'Then he closed his fist "'and pointed to the chair across his table, "'telling Torston, "'I said, sit down.' Or do you need a beak coming out of your ass? Why, Jesus wouldn't like that. And I'm not sure that you would either. Torsten did as he was told. Because whatever this was, he wanted it over with. Immediately, and as if to remind Torsten that this was a situation with only scant relation to reality, unpaid-for drinks appeared. Definitely a first and only occasion for this establishment. The teacher bird really did have its claws in. Torsten's memories were being quant scraped for locations and emotional cues. Torsten asked, You're the teacher bird. Don't call me that. All teachers are bastards. Bastard bird then. Teacher bird will do if you're going to cut smart. A little education might be in order after all. And don't worry, I'm not hoarding your golden moments, such as they are. This is all being erased. No one gives a damn about what's in your dirty little noggin. Now, Torsten, drink. Torsten and the teacher bird slammed their beakers, and Torsten took a great and frankly welcome draft of the strongest beer that he had ever tasted. For a head-reeling moment, images of the city streets far below span up to him. Meanwhile, Teacher Bird, a.k.a. this guy, was again talking. I've checked you out on a cellular level, looking for bomb bugs and spy stuff. No implants detected. But one very interesting trace. We've been rather good at being naughty Haven't we, Torsten? Very highly illegal, my hateful friend. Kudos. Torsten shrugged. I'm a rebel, aren't I? But his anger took the shape of a fist, and still this extremely nasty piece of work wasn't finished. The teacher bird said, Teleporting was pretty bold, you dumb little swine, and I see that all the criminal details got wiped. That was slick. But did you know that your cells are now totally unrecognisable to legal science? But you did know that, didn't you? And you did it anyway. What a beautiful imbecile. Did you find anything else? asked Torsten. Too much cholesterol. I scrubbed that. A couple of skin cells needed looking at. Cancer in a few years, maybe. But gone now idiot marvel of nature that you are. Now drink. Again the slam, the booze, that the vertiginous reel and the sensation of falling. Plus something new. Hard and shiny and bright. From anger, rage. Theological arguments aside, Torsten had never been much for blind fury. Possibly because he was yet to meet the teacher bird. All that ill will had been saving up, because this was a terrible rage, something for the dark hours late into a binge, rather than after a couple of sunny beers. Another round appeared. The teacher bird said, So, you met the resident lunatic then? You mean Sif? Who else? Teacher bird "'Why does everyone in this particular great hall "'call everyone else a lunatic?' "'The man glared at Torsten. "'Then he said, "'Maybe because growing up together, "'marooned in a blood-splatted crime scene, "'made us so very, very sane.' "'Torsten asked, "'All that aliens business, not fun, was it?' "'No!' Not fun at all. And I tell you what, Torsten, you lay a finger on her and I'll end you. Torsten held the teacher bird's eye for a moment. Then, you're not so tough when it came to the Rari, though. They were impossible to fight. I'll never forget it. Worst day of my life. You're lying, said Torsten. Excuse me asks the teacher bird. You're lying because you weren't even there. For a moment, the teacher bird was still. Then they were rolling on the floor and clawing at each other's throats. The bastard bird was tight and nasty, as if he was made of steel wire. The room erupted in appreciative cheers. This was the sea wife, after all. Some Scandinavian turbulence was always to be expected. Torsten caught a break and hauled the scrambling teacher bird towards a pillar that looked perfect for head-bashing purposes. Sensing that things might now get serious, a laughing colour army woman yanked them up. Ladies, you really should take this outside. And Torsten thought, well, that's an idea. He kicked at the concrete pillar, propelling them both out the open side of the bar and into freefall. Ten thousand spans and falling, the streets of Addis zoomed up at Torsten and the teacher bird, and still they wrestled. The air rushed around them, their words flying away but still audible. "'Torsten shouted, "'You weren't there because you ran away before it happened. "'That's the only way that you can be alive.' "'Lies!' said the teacher bird. "'They were spinning now and Torsten briefly caught a glimpse of the colour army woman "'regarding them from the other side of the sea wife. "'Her long golden braids fell over her fine Maasai features.' She sipped at her now-regained drink with a contemplative expression. Then they span around and Torsten was throttling the teacher bird. Just tell me how you knew that the Rari were coming. And don't forget, your simulation, your death. I know how these things work. The teacher bird shouted, I'm hooked up okay. Comms, orbitals, long-range scans and night whispers. The Rari, they're not magical. They come in ships like everybody else. I got a feeling. What feeling? demanded Torsten. The same one I'm getting now. I've had it for a few days. Ground rush, the tops of streetcars and an armoured vehicle painted in zebra camouflage. A group of robed scholars, one looking up, warned the others to scatter. A feeling, said Torsten. Seriously? Torsten felt a slam on his back, not his face as expected, and everything went black. Another heavy slam and Torsten opened his eyes. He was out of dissimulation, Sif was standing over him as he dry heaved over the stone latrine. A strong mouth taste of acid and his head was reeling. The latrines were too bright and too clean for how Torsten felt right now. Sif raised her arm again. Was she whacking him on the back with a large rubber mallet? OK, said Torsten. Enough, Sif. I'm alive. Sir frowned, then called out, Teacher Bird, what in the name of all the gods did you just do to Torsten? A spacesuited figure stepped around her. It was a rather good spacesuit, in fact, something for the high-class sporting set. It was slim and patterned on grey and ochre radial fades. For a moment, Torsten wondered if one of the Great Hall's owners had turned up with a colour army snatch squad not far behind. Then a mechanical blackbird poked its beak out of the empty helmet. What in seven hells? said Torsten. Oh, this is how he looks in real life, said Sif, as she stood up, still lightly swinging the mallet. The spacesuit can work as a robot in case of emergencies. It doesn't need anyone actually inside it. The teacher bird just hops on the lid and does something rather clever with the electronics and uses it to scoot about. The blackbird called merrily, and Sif smiled. The helmet folded back, and the teacher bird extended a black wingtip for Sif to tap lightly with her fist. Then the helmet snapped back, and the teacher bird was again peering blackly and beadily out at Torsten. When his voice came from a small speaker, it was suave, assured, and a little aloof. Torsten, is that his name? Yes, said Sif. What did you two get up to in Simulation La La Land? Oh, just a couple of drinks. I dosed his blood a smidge. Of course, idiot here, almost immediately went mad and started fighting. Torsten! The teacher bird leered out of the helmet and quoted Torsten's most private thoughts. I'm a rebel, aren't I? Torsten snarled back. All teachers are bastards. The teacher bird winked a shiny eye. Well, I'm glad to see you two are getting on, said Sif, but there are urgent things to do. Teacher bird has told me we're about to get a visit from the murderous Rari. That's not good. Not good at all. We all need to get our rear ends out of here. And a bit pronto. So, there were to be passengers. These were not in Torsten's plan. But nor was the need to work around quant-chain encryption on the ship's controls. He'd hoped for the owners of the Great Hall to have taken a more traditional path and left some genuine starship wrecks that he could simply repair and restore. Instead, this. Sif had been right. This was a very fine, essentially undamaged ship, neatly separated to create an architectural effect. Even presented, in this condition, it remained a costly item and so there would be tricky access controls. For these he needed the teacher bird, who seemed able to poke that evil beak pretty much anywhere. The disguising of itself as freshly baked bread was hopefully a one-off, and Torsten wondered what its true soul state was. He could not imagine what white Jesus would say about such a creature. The thing's appearance and luck were clearly permeable, but what of the inner core, what was that? Merely a military intelligence rig customised for private security work? Or was there more? On the other hand, Torsten could happily entertain that there might actually be less to the teacher bird than struck the eye. Looking at the teacher bird perched on its spacesuit as it walked beside him, Swaggered might be more the term, Torsten detected a certain vanity to go with the scammy self-interest. Sif was beautiful, but far less concerned about her appearance than most. For example, she didn't see the need for a spacesuit. There was only one. "'and she had said she'd pack a warm sweater for space travel. "'While this little creature was, "'Come on,' said the teacher bird, "'it's time to open up this thing. "'Taking the ship has been a long-held ambition of yours, hasn't it?' "'asked Torsten. "'Absolutely,' the teacher bird drawled in that infuriatingly superior tone. "'We just needed the right idiot to come along.' "'And in its way the teacher bird was right.' No ship would fly with a drone or a clone offering themselves as a reset. The teacher bird and Sif needed him as much as Torsten required their skills. So there was a truce. Sooner or later something would break, but for now at least they could all work together. And then there was the ship towering before them. Or at least a section. Torsten and the still-suited teacher bird knelt together in the long grass. They were at the side of one of the ship's parts that the teacher bird said contained a control access port. The teacher bird leant out of the suit and tapped a claw at the black material of the hull. An oval section silently irised open to reveal a concave indentation. The teacher bird said, "'You need to put your hand in there, is that all?' asked Torsten. "'Well, no, I'll need to work some magic with the ship,' say I, young man. "'But we need an acceptable hand. "'So in you go.' "'Torsten shoved his hand in the port, which instantly irised back tight around his wrist. "'He yanked, but it was as if he was part of the ship now and immovable.' Torsten suddenly realised what he'd done and what he'd submitted himself to. What in twelve hells? It felt cool in there. The same weirdly specific cool as the outside of the ship. Pipe down, will you? said the teacher bird. This is just for a couple of minutes. Of course, it may not take you, teleported bio chunk that you are. What? asked Torsten. Just kidding, said the teacher bird. These rich layabouts probably use teleports all the time. As for DNA signatures, God alone knows what toxins they've got in their precious lines. But not clones, no. And certainly nothing really clever, like me. But your condition, well, Torsten, who knows? Fooling around in hyperspace could be just another youthful foible of an idiot nephew. So you should be okay. ''Great,'' said Torsten. ''I can't wait. One thing,'' interrupted the teacher bird. ''If it all goes wrong, it'll keep your hand and contact the authorities. Simple as that.'' Torsten asked, ''Keep my hand meaning?'' The teacher bird made a slicing noise. ''Shh! The amputation probably won't hurt much, but it should slow your escape and might be useful in evidence.'' So you just keep your hand in there. Like I've got a choice? asked Torsten. The teacher bird glared at him. I said, be quiet. In a moment, the ship will wake up and check you out while I, I talk to her. Do you still not feel anything? It's getting warmer said Torston. OK then said the teacher bird we're in business I've got a general radio frequency I just need to jump on ah there contact let's see what's up shall we don't mind if I go quiet Torsten I'll be thinking it's actually getting quite hot said Torsten the teacher bird ignored Torsten then Sif sat down next to him What are you two up to? Teacher Bird is getting into the ship's brain. You're doing this so soon, well, I suppose. Yes, if Rari on the way, you did mention that. It's so hard to imagine, though, Torsten. It's such a nice, peaceful day. But that's what happens, though, isn't it, to people, before something really awful simply drops out of the sky. Torsten nodded. It's funny how I turned up at exactly the right time so you can take the ship. Not really, Torsten. The universe is just copying our clocks again. Torsten frowned at Sif. Excuse me? Sif paused to consider her words then. There wasn't any time before humans came along and invented it. That's why everything fits so well. Torsten frowned. Fits? It does? Despite the unpleasantness happening to his hand, Torsten looked over to Sif. Was that what the clone folk believed? That like them, the universe was an invention of humankind? And that an actual schedule of pleasing events came with this creation? To Torsten, Sif seemed quite happy and healthy on this philosophy. As if to reassure him, she patted his free hand. Of course, Torsten, I plan for you and a plan for me. That's why it's so important so that we always mark things as a thank you. Like taking the ship, I thought that a small ceremony might be in order. You and the teacher bird already such firm friends, and that is so totally random, it just makes me mad. Torsten, what's going on with your hand? The ship's checking that I'm normal for a rich brat or something. Good, very good. Couldn't they? Sif, you don't need to whisper. But the ship might be listening. These things are virtually alive and we could be up to all sorts. Sif, we are up to all sorts. Thus we better whisper. Do you think that the ship might want to see your bank account? I hope not. You mean you're broke? Of course, Sif. Ow, that actually is getting quite hot in there. I was just trying to keep your mind off. Ouch, 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 and it's getting really tight, Sif. How much longer, Teacher Bird? Sif called over. Ten seconds and we'll know one way or the other. The bird chuckled. Hurry up. Poor Torsten is getting a little bit cooked over here. Teacher Bird. Nine. Sif. Eight. Torsten. It's going to cut my hand off, isn't it? Sif. Seven. Torsten closed his eyes. The heat from inside the ship was moving from noticeable to painful. He imagined sudden, steel-cool relief and pulling his arm away to find nothing but a severed wrist. He closed his eyes. Sif patted his back, encouragingly then. Six. Teacher Bird, damn this ship's gone quiet. Torsten was feeling shriveled, terrified and close to tears. It hurt this poor hand of his, and soon it would be gone. Sif, five. Teacher bird, four. No, 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 Torsten thought. Not my hand. I've been in a teleporter. If my hand gets cut off now, no hospital will ever sew it back. I am filthy and tainted and... Teacher but three. No, no, no. Both. Two. A horrible pause. Torsten closed his eyes tight and made himself as small as possible. Then, as if coming from the other side of the universe, he heard Sif faintly whisper, What's long and pink and fox like a tiger? Torsten thought, I really don't know. Here I am, only about to lose my hand and someone is asking me what is long and pink and fucks like a tiger. In answer to her own question, Sif stuck her tongue in Torsten's ear and then hugely, wetly wriggled it about. He yelped and jumped back. The teacher bird called merrily a sif. You idiot girl. That's not even the joke. Really? She asked. No, said the teacher bird. It's what's long and pink and loves oral sex. I am not saying that. Sift waved her hands dismissively. Okay, Torsten. Okay, okay, okay. This is it. This is it. I remember now. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. What's? Don't look at me. Don't look at me yet. Wait, wait. Here's the question. What winks and fucks like a tiger? Now look at me. Tearily, Torsten moved his head up, thinking who are these people, sharing smutty jokes while stealing a priceless ship and overseeing an amputation with alien killers ready to tear them all to shreds. Okay, these were not exactly people. One was a clone and the other a drone, but by all the gods with their frivolity and recklessness, they were certainly acting like humans. Then, his eyes still closed, Torsten remembered that Sif had a friendly face, and he could do with her face, smiling at him now. What winks and fucks, "'Like a tiger. Look at me.' "'Torsten opened his eyes. "'The teacher bird was leering and lasciviously winking "'its own black, beady eye at Torsten "'as Sif cackled in the background. "'Further hilarity.' "'Congratulations, half-wit,' said the teacher bird. You are now the proud owner of the fast light dragon, Thimble Winter. She is registered to the Swiss belt on a diplomatic certificate, so no little people laws can touch you well, at least in theory. She is fully stocked and armed. Torsten was still examining his hand, which, after being pulled away, had retained a little of the ship's very specific coolness, but seemed otherwise okay. Then he rubbed at his ear that was wet from Sif's warm and wriggly tongue. "'A thank you would be nice,' said the teacher-bird. "'Thank you,' said Torsten. "'Did everything go according to your plan?' "'Well, it was a bit touch-and-go, to be honest.' said the teacher bird. Gods, this ship is a moody one. But yes, it's fine. And all yours now. Sif beamed. Well, that's something of a result. And that's not the really good part, said the teacher bird. The really good part was watching the ship put itself back together. The teacher bird recommended that they beat a hasty retreat in order to safely witness this spectacular and dangerous process. Sif helped Torsten up and again patting him on the back, a somewhat patronising yet also friendly habit of hers that Torsten was very much in two minds about. They walked up through the hills, long grass towards the great hall. It was late in the day now, of a gauzy dusk falling over the ocean and the island. Although there was no movement yet from the ship's nine scattered parts, an expectant stillness fell over the scene. Here, said the teacher bird, this should be okay. It all might get a bit intense, but this should be safe enough. Have you still got that green spirit? Sif asked teacher bird. Oh yes. The spacesuit's hand reached into a very technical looking storage pack, unclipped a vacuum seal and pulled out a small, cloudy bottle that smelt strongly of wax. This is 500 years old, Sif told Torsten. The great hall owners pride and joy. Just look at the label. "'They made this in fine land, back during the occupation.' "'A real turning point for you Scandy lot said the teacher-bird. "'Never had losing a war been of such global benefit. "'Got you-lot out of slaving and into more constructive activities. "'And just look at the Americas now. "'Farmers! What do they like to say? "'That's it. Farmers!' From sea to shining sea, for good and highly religious people. They seem content enough. Sif carefully scraped at the wax seal, then pulled the stopper and sniffed at the contents. What is it? Torton asked Sif. Is it vodka? Well, yes, sort of. And with a reduction of fermented pig's milk, it's, she sipped at the bottle, Actually really nice. Torsten frowned. Is this another trick? No, no, it's actually nice. Very strong yet smooth. Also very strong. Mostly very strong. Five hundred years might do that, shrugged the teacher bird. Are there any bits? No, it's almost sweet. A hint of lemon. Here, Torsten, try some. She passed him the bottle. The fluid inside noticeably changed colour with its contact with the air and Torsten took a sip. It had a very strange, cloudy taste that was almost magical and very strong. After that sip, Torsten's body quickly decided that getting down might be a good idea. He looked at his hands, glad that for now he was feeling all content. The teacher bird whistled, then said, Hello, hello, something's going on. Torsten glanced up and saw that the ship's section that had been so recently attached to him was now slowly and without any ceremony rising up out of the ground. Like that was the easiest and most natural thing in the world. Sif laughed and sat down beside Torsten, then took another sip of the green spirit and hugged her knees. She pointed with the bottle. Just look at that, Torsten. Isn't it amazing? They watched the section rise above the island. Despite all the high technology contained within, there was something primal and perfect in its shape and slow ascent. Come on, you Rari, Torsten thought. Just look at this. We can do this. We can make amazing machines like Thimble Winter and we can make them heal. Then all at once, nine, one for each section, slightly out of sync sirens fired up as hazard lights began to spin at the section's edges. The teacher bird flapped off its spacesuit helmet rim and began to beat its wings in excitement. Sounding a lot gruffer than usual, the teacher bird crowed, Oh yes, get in there, my lads. Eight sections of the ship were floating across the double sunset sky and towards the original part. The spinning lights and sirens created a fantastic noise and strobing, spinning movement. Torsten jumped to his feet and raised the green spirit in a toast. To Thimble Winter! Sif joined him. Thimble Winter! And she grabbed the bottle back from Torsten. She had a swig and then Torsten and Sif gently banged He roared, thimble winter, thimble winter, may all her enemy swords break, Sif answered, and their shields splinter. The teacher bird was less poetic and simply almost meekly, as if overcome by the spectacle announced. This ship is pure wickedness. I just love it. And so, in spinning lights and doppling sirens, the giant dark parts slowly, deliberately floated together. Then Sif, Torsten and the teacher bird began to walk down from the great hall. They had to get closer and see this thing taking shape. And now it was possible to see what the starship Thimble Winter looked like. And they all had an opinion. Torsten, it's a sea serpent. Teach a bird with the body of a bull, crouching its head to charge. Sif, and two great wings thrown back for amazing speeds. It was all. Done now. The sirens and hazard lights all abruptly stopped as the sections joined at the apex of their slow reverse explosion. The starship Thimblewinter was a dark shape in the sky. Only the edged reflections of the sun's sets on its glistening sides suggested detail and it became totally silent as it at last came together. For a moment it hung there, perfect in its silent majesty. Then there was a loud, almost comically abrupt clunk. A weapons pod swung down and launched a column of fire towards the great hall that was followed by twin lines of clattering ballistic cover stitching across the grassland even as the high explosive rounds tore the very ground apart.